Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I have got Coach Chris Douglas with me. Coach Douglas was recently named head coach at Lyon College in Arkansas after serving uh, nine years or ten years at McMurray. My math nine is year. wrong. Nine no, years. No, nine years. Yes. Nine years at McMurray College. Uh, he's also had stints at Highland Community College. Uh, spent some time as a high school head coach. Uh, spent some time at Southwestern College in Kansas, Jamestown College in North Dakota. Abilene Christian, um, and got his start at Southwestern College in Kansas. So, uh, Coach Douglas, I'm super excited to have you on. You know, you're you're one of my uh, one of my good guys. I can I can lean on in this profession. So uh, it's it's nice to talk to you right now. I appreciate it. Yeah, I I feel the same with you. I it's one of those things where I wish I'd known you even earlier than than I have. But uh, it, it's been great, and I really support. I really appreciate the support I've received from guys like you and, and really just all over with, with everything that's happened in the last uh, couple months with, with us and our career. So uh, I appreciate you. Sure. Absolutely. You know, you're, you can't say it often. You try to, but sometimes it bites in the butt, but you're, you're one of the good guys. So it's, it's always, it's always good to, to get a text or to get a to message from you. So it's nice. Uh, nice to have you here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So first question I've got, and this is what I ask everybody. Um, you know, you've been at some great programs and been a part of some really great teams. Talk to me a bit about how the offensive line um, played a part in the success of those really good teams. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Coach Langhoff, Kyle Langhoff, he was our defense coordinator here at McMurray for seven of my nine years. My first year at Mac, um, I actually served as the defense coordinator because I inherited an offense coordinator had just taken the job. And then he left not long after. So I flipped back to where I'd been most of my, my career mm-hmm. and we hired Kyle and he brought in a lot of great experience and really a lot of really great wisdom. And so we would bounce things off each other all the time, of course, both offensively and defensively. He's an old offensive lineman from Lake Forest. So I felt like I could go to him with some things, particularly for the offensive line because never played that I played mm-hmm. wide receiver or played quarterback, played running back, but never played O line. So, I'm big on in personally in coaching and teaching is, do you know it in your heart? Do you really, I mean, I, I really do believe if you're a good coach, you can coach anything. And I've coached every position except for offensive line. Right. But, you know, I also feel like particularly for a young coach, you kind of got to feel it and know it down deep because you've had thousands and thousands of reps. Well, knowing that from Kyle, I would go to him for, for some advice. And, and one thing he pointed out was you know, we had done a lot of, really good things offensively without having a great offensive line. We found a way by hook or crook 
to hide some guys or put them in a position to at least have some marginal success. And then when we did have some pretty good offensive linemen, then we were able to really light it up. So we've always had the philosophy of building everything we do around the offensive line first because as I tell those guys when we recruit them, you're playing the second hardest position to play mentally on the field and the first hardest position on the field to play physically. Right. Because you've got dudes right in your face. You don't know if they're going straight up up the middle of you. You don't know if they're going left or right. You don't know if they're going to switch positions. Right. You don't shoot. They may back off on you. And all of a sudden here comes one from second level. So we try to make it as simple as possible for the offensive line so that they can just focus on executing and then try to make some guys as versatile as possible so that if something, something goes haywire with an injury or someone's just not performing, those guys are a little bit interchangeable. So for us offensively, of course, it always starts there and we always want to make sure we protect those guys because they got the hardest job. So they've always been critical in, in the success that we've had offensively and then trying to do things that we need to do to protect them sometimes as well, just because of not having a lot of great, talent maybe some great great young men and some hard workers but just not not great run blockers maybe not flexible not able to pass protect super well so how can we eliminate or or limit our exposure on that right yeah that's awesome I mean I just want you know anybody listening I want um especially if there's a certain quarterback listening uh by the name of Coy Dorothy I just want I want (laughs) you to remember that coach said it's all about the offensive line and has nothing to do with you, Mr. Dorothy. So. <laughs> well, he, I, you know, he's got such a strong relationship. He and his center uh, lived together in a, a house off campus for three to two to three years at mm-hmm. least. And I've got, a, in fact, I've got a picture of me and Coy and Joe uh, together after senior day, um, Joe's senior day, and just the relationship they had. I know Coy definitely understands it. Uh, I, I'm sure he's he's leans to the importance of the receivers and the running back and the quarterback as well. Probably, but I know I know probably, yeah. <laughs> but I know he appreciates those guys greatly as well. So, oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, kind of talking about Coy, um, and, and we'll touch on him a little bit towards the end too. But, but talk to me a little bit. You know, if you look at McMurray, kind of when I was in in college and when I was in high school, McMurray was was seen as a, a bit of a powerhouse, and then they sort of had some lean years. Um, and then you took over and, and, you know, you took them from, um, you know, a two and eight, two and eight, oh and 10 to six and four, eight and two, eight and two. Talk to me about that, that turnaround and, and kind of the buy-in you got to the program and what you guys did and, and maybe some of the struggles you guys had uh, as you were trying to turn that program around. Sure. You know, this last season was only the 35th season of McMurray football. They didn't start football until 1985. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a long history, but and somewhat surprisingly, from 96 to 2002, they won six conference titles over the span of that seven years. So right. had a lot of success, went to the national playoffs twice, went 10-0 and one year, both, lost both years in the first round, but uh, just very successful in their conference. And then it slowly started to drop off. And when we got here, my first day was June 1st of 2011. So I inherited the program very late. Uh, in fact, my career three head coaching jobs at the college level. I've never met my team until reporting day. And it, because of COVID, that's the way it's going to be with Lion right. as well. Um, I've been able to talk to him on the phone and we'll have some video conferences, which didn't, didn't exist in 2011, sure didn't exist in 2002. 
Um, but we, I took those jobs so light, there wasn't an opportunity to visit with those folks, uh, with those players. And so inheriting a program that from 07 to 2010 for four years, won one game and the team GPA in the fall of 2011, after just taking that position was a 2.14 for the semester and a 2.22 for the cumulative. Mm-hmm. I knew we had a lot of baggage. We had a lot of issues. And we were just really trying to survive that first year Um, coming in so late. It wasn't like we were going to recruit a new class. We had to accept the recruiting class that had been presented to us. And, you know, we brought in a few guys, but at that late juncture, they're probably not very good athletically or very good academically. So we really were not just starting over then we were really starting over in November of 2011 after that first season. We were able to win a couple of games, and honestly, we had to hide a lot of guys, particularly the offensive linemen. Um, our left tackle, starting left tackle that first season, uh, he was only at practice one day a week because of labs. Uh, he would basically would catch about 15 minutes of practice on Tuesday and practice on Thursday, and we'd have them all day Wednesday, and that was about it. Wow. Um, we just had to be really creative, and I mean, everything was full slide. Uh, six-man, seven-man slide protection and pass game. Uh, you know, we tried to run zone, but uh, we weren't very good at it. I mean, it was just a lot of things that I was used to doing. We, we really had to limit or just avoid for a while right. until we could get that. But when we started into really into 2012 recruiting class, we knew that we had to get out in the area and recruit, which had not been done. I tell the story all the time. I would drive to New Berlin High School just 15, 20 minutes down the road, you know where it is right before you get to Springfield. Right. And talk to, talk to Jeff Harris. He was the head football coach then, uh, years ago, middle school teacher. He said, coach, I've got a plan period fourth hour if you want to stop by. So I came by the office right on time. This was my first high school going out that first day after the 2011 season mm-hmm. and walk in during his plan period. Coach, great to meet you. He was excited to see me, shook my hand. First things out, thing out of his mouth. Coach, you're the first coach I've seen for McMurray football in eight years. Wow. And I knew looking at our roster in 2011 that we had to do a better job in recruiting locally, but I didn't realize they just hadn't even tried. Right. So it really took us about three to four years to start to repair some of the damage that had been done with the, the reputation of the high school coaches in the area. And then, of course, coming off of four years of futility of going one and 39 over those four years, the reputation of not being a good school and not being a good football program uh, was really something we had to battle with. So we were constantly out visiting with high school coaches and whether that's a great thing about Illinois, there are so many small clinics that you can go to. Yeah. um, And some, some don't exist still, some do, but there's just so many opportunities out there. And that's, you know, growing up in Oklahoma and living in Texas and having coached in Texas for a while, you you think, you know, you kind of got blinders on. You think that's the football center of the universe. And the number of coaches in Illinois that are really out there, like yourself, uh, that are prominent and pushing football to the next level schematically and trying to learn more in Illinois is really amazing mm-hmm. and really surprised me. And I think maybe that's an awakening, awakening to me by now living in Illinois, but also social media has allowed that to open up as well. And so it's, it's really taken us getting in front of the high school coaches and getting to know them and getting to trust us. And then obviously getting in contact with their players and getting them to recognize that 
this is a program where the coaches are going to take care of you. They're going to help you graduate, help you have a great experience playing football and try to make you the best player you can in your four years we have you. And then the coaches seeing that over a three, four year span of us taking care of their guys, they really started to trust us. And so that's really where the buy-in happened was just being who we are, being authentic, not being trying to be, you know, self-promoters, but also being, but being visible to those coaches and right. letting them know that we want to recruit your players and we understand it's going to be an uphill battle, but we're going to do everything we can as coaching staff to respect your guys, to treat them right, uh, to put them in a position to be successful after college. Right. That's awesome. And, and you know, I've, I've, I've seen firsthand kind of some of the, the guys you've gotten in and some of the guys that you've, you know, graduated, you know, finally getting some of that local talent. And, you know, we joked about Coy, but, you know, Coy was, was one of those guys that, you know, was local and, and, and came in and ended up leaving as the, you know, the, breaking uh breaking Barry Crevison's records as the as the quarterback <laughs> but, but you know leaving as the all-time uh all-time quarterback in school history so you know you yeah. guys did a great job and 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 really uh you know kind of moving on to my next part of the of the of the podcast you know it's it's really sad kind of what's going on and and for those of you that don't don't know uh McMurray is closing its doors uh, or has closed its doors and and so um did real quick before I get to that, sure. uh, did did you envision yourself really ever leaving? I mean, you'd done such a good job there. Did did you think that even if the doors hadn't closed, that you would ever leave that job? Coach, when I got here, I didn't think I'd be here more than two years. Really? I mean, I I really as bad as bad as it was, um, I really felt like I got to get in and get out. But then there was a moment. There was some sort of tipping point. I don't know what it was. And it was probably during the 0-10 season. It was probably at the end of the 0-10 season where I, I said, if I don't completely put myself all in here, I may wind up out of coaching soon because if we continue to go 2-8s and 0-10s and, 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 and 1, no one's going to want me. Mm-hmm. But secondly, I'll burn myself out so much uh, because I, I, it just it ate me up that we – we went 0 and 10. I mean, I was excited when we went to an eighth the first year. And then I was a little disappointed in the second year. Cause I felt like oh, we should win a couple more. Uh, but then when the third year, when we went 0 and 10 and you know, and you got to realize we were starting completely over that 0 and 10 season. Coy was first, his first year, we were made up 80% of our roster was a freshman or a sophomore. And most, all of them were, or not all of them, most of them were starting. Um, and a ton of them were playing. And so when I look back at it, I said, well, yeah, that's why. But when you're in the moment, you're like, I don't know if I can continue to do this. So I never thought I would have been at McMurray past two to three years. Right. And at some point I was like, I've either got to get this fixed or I got to get out of ball. And so I just, I just put my head down and it wasn't like a desperation move. It wasn't like I was in a panic, but we just, I just really intentionally went in and said, okay, I'm all in. I would like, maybe I was like 98% or 95% in before, but I'm like a hundred now. Right. And, and because one, I want to, I want to do it now for guys like Coy and guys like Joe and other guys around them, but also for me career wise, I knew I had to. Right. And so as we started to have some success, obviously you start getting some phone calls. Uh, and so, yeah, there's been some opportunities that have come along and have been offered, but at the time, they didn't feel like the right right move. 
there was one, and I won't mention it for you know privacy's sake for mm -hmm. whoever got the job instead of me, but there was an opportunity going into Coy's junior year. No, I'm sorry, going into a senior year that I could have left, and it was a place that I I had been re had relationships with, mm -hmm. and I just said, you know what, I'm invested in these guys, uh, guys like Coy, and I said, and, and it wasn't 100% the right move either. I'm going to stick this out and I'm going to see this through. Right. And, you know, whether another job would have come along this year or next year or whatever, now I'm kind of my hand has been forced because now I don't have a job. Right. But uh, it just never felt like there was a better place than where I was at at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's such a great lesson, you know, be, be where your feet are and, and, yeah. and, you know, do what you can while you're at the place you're, you're at. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I constantly got to remind myself of that too. Right. Yeah. Um, talk, just, you know, talk to me a little bit, you know, don't, I don't want to focus too much on the negative, but, but, but talk to me about some of, you know, some of your great memories that you'll have, uh, from your time there. And, 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 you know, we talked about Koi a little bit, uh, but, but talk to me about kind of some of the, some of the guys that you'll remember the most from, from your time at, at McMurray. Oh, wow. Um, the coaches for sure. I mean, it, it's a unique situation in Mac where it was just myself and our defense coordinator full time. And then intern coaches, guys that are first year, maybe second, even third year out of, out of uh, college getting into coaching. And, you know, and some of those guys uh, didn't stick very well or didn't connect, but there were so many that did. Uh, we were at AFCA in Nashville and I'm standing right at the front of the uh, convention center, the, the exhibit hall, I should say. And, you know, of course, that's the bottleneck where everybody's coming in. And, and right. Coach Langhoff sees me, and, and, and I get a bear hug from behind, so I don't know who it is. But I, right, you know, a half second later, I'm like, I know it's Kyle. Then we turn around, and we're catching up. And I kid you not, we had not – no one else knew where we were at. Uh, no one had – we had not planned anything. Mm -hmm. But within five minutes, we had – 12 of our former staff and current staff there that had just all kind of run into each other. We had like a, you know, like the, I remember back in the day, uh, coaching of cradle university of Ohio coaches right. uh, get together invitation only. And I'm like, screw them. We got one right here and I didn't even call for it. So that's awesome. You know, like it, just those the guys that you spend in the trenches with, I, I'll remember those guys. And, and I've already told those guys every convention now I'm going to make, we're going to have something, some sort of get together. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I think of certain games, um, you know, beating Northwestern up in St. Paul for the first time on their turf and really kind of dominating the game. I mean, that was a tipping point for our program. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a huge memory. Um, getting that first, that, that first winning season going six and six and four. And after the game, you get doused with, with water and, and just the, the joy and the excitement of the guys, you know, seeing that because, you know, guys like Coy that had gone through three lean years and then finally go out with a winning season. Um, Joe Legendre. I mean, he's, he's a guy that, you know, was one of our very first recruits from Collinsville. And I don't think he'd be afraid for me to, to say this, but I mean, barely, barely gotten to school. Uh, probably, probably, probably would not have gotten to school now with our standards and what, what we had then. Right. He is now the interim director of admissions at McMurray college. Uh, now of course he's looking for a job just like me, but right. you know, coach for me for, you know, he's a three time all conference player. He coaches for me for two years. He gets into admissions and the next thing you know, he's done such a wonderful job. They're promoting him to, to lead the whole thing. So there's just so many different guys um, 
it's hard to pinpoint one, but I, I think I, I, there's a lot of games I'll, I'll definitely take fond memories of and, you know, having some of those experiences in the game and after the game and, and culminating season, but really what it almost chokes me up talking to you just over the phone about it is the relationships with some of those players and the times you go through and the experiences you have. Cause right. really f- football, I, I'm sure other sports are like this in a lot of ways, but football draws the most emotion and the most uh, sense of belonging, I think, because of what you have to go through to experience it. And w- particularly when you've gone through lean years and experienced great success, it causes, I think, a, maybe an additional connection that um, maybe another situation wouldn't. And so it, 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 at times it makes me very emotional uh, to think about the guys that uh, you know, are, are not, we're not able to finish up with now and the guys that you know, should be in our Hall of Fame in a couple of years right. and won't get, won't get that opportunity. Right. And it is. I mean, it, it really is such a, an unfortunate situation. I mean, I, I mean, obviously a lot of people don't know uh, McMurray's in Jacksonville where, where I went to college at Illinois College. So, you know, I was familiar with it through that. But uh, I also went to summer camp at McMurray College when I was yeah. 10 years old. So, you know, I have, <laughs> I have my own fond memories of it. So um, yeah, it is, yeah. it is kind of, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you landed on your feet and, and are able to be still be a head coach um, at, at Lyon college. So I'm excited to see, to follow your career and, and your path there and, and, and watch your guys success there as well. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's it's nice I, I hope I hope all you know all your players that were looking for a home were able to find a home and all of your coaches were able to find a place um so uh you know you, you we're, can't go we're ahead close we're no sorry we're close we've got uh we've got several that are of our players current players that are like down to one or two colleges okay. to choose from Good. I'm hopeful that we'll get a few of them at Lyon with us um right. <laughs> I'm able to bring a couple of our coaches from Mac to Lyon uh we just got one coach that uh, is kind of in between right now. And uh, I'm, he had an interview just a couple of days ago. So, you know, if they'll, they'll release some, some hiring freezes, I think he'll get on somewhere. So I, I think in the long run, it's, it's going to turn out. And, it, you know, colleges have come out of the woodwork. I mean, I was fielding calls within a couple of minutes, texting calls within a couple of minutes of coaches that I know who said, hey, I'm so sorry, but can you send me a list to your kids right. <laughs> so we can recruit them? There's been so much demand for our players now compared to when they were coming out of high school. Those guys, even those guys have, have admitted and, and exclaimed how, how crazy it's been uh, compared to when they were looking in high school to go somewhere. Right. Um, well, I mean, that's There's a- definitely an opportunity for all of them. Yeah. And that's, that's a testament to you guys, you know, in the program you ran and, and you as a coach and, and, and your staff and, and how, how you prepared those guys to be, you know, great men off the field as well as on the field. So that's a, you know, that's a true testament to you guys. So. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You, you bet. Um, last question I got for you, coach. And, and this one, okay. you can, you can go through your entire career as a coach, but um, <laughs> if you could, if you could put together an offensive line, Mount Rushmore um, from guys you coached guys you maybe you played with as a player or guys that you were just a fan of uh, you know growing up or, or watching the game who would be on that five-man offensive line oh my gosh oh lord okay i well i'm gonna stick to just coaches I've, or players i've coached okay uh so left tackle deandre harris 
Um, he's a kid out of Springfield, uh, or excuse me, Lanphier High School out of Springfield. Okay. So I'll tell you a quick, I'll give you a quick synopsis if I've got time here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, way, way, way overweight when we got him here as a freshman. And we're, in, we're like a week into camp. And he is walking by himself down the sidewalk between the chapel and the dining hall. And I'm leaving the, cha- the dining hall. So we're going to cross paths and I can just see it all over him. He's getting ready to quit. Right. He's, he's hating life. He, he's having a hard time moving. His knees are killing him because he's carrying probably, you know, a hundred pounds too much. I mean, he was 335, uh, maybe not a hundred pounds, but a lot, too, a lot too much weight. Mm. And I don't know what it was, but at some point something clicked for him. And he really started to lose weight. You know, he played a little bit as a freshman. That's, I mean, he was completely out of shape, but we needed him. His sophomore year, he started at left tackle, was really a guard, but we had to put him in a tackle and played around 300. And then by the time he was a junior, he was around 290, 285. And his senior year played about 280, 285. And his junior, senior year, he was hell on wheels um, and aggressive and just would get after you. Um, so he, he, he was, he was awesome. Yeah. Uh, left guard. Gosh, I hope I'm, I'm not going to make some guys mad. <laughs> uh, Laren Sanford, uh, he and he and DeAndre played together about the same time. Um, just a good hardworking kid, really stocky, really strong. Just a, just an awesome kid. He's a nurse now. Uh, so I mean, you can already tell personality wise, uh, he's a giver. Right. Uh, he, he want, he wants to help others. And uh, that's how he played as well. Now he, you know, he'd get after you, but uh, left guard, Laren, Laren Sanford. Um, I'm going to go way back on this one. And, and probably he, he played some left tackle for us, but he also played uh, some right tackle. This is going way back to Southwestern College. Uh, Jeremy Williams, um, years ago, he blew his knee out his sophomore year while I was gone. And then when I came back as the head coach, and he was hell on wheels then. But when I, was, I came, I uh, came back as a head coach, he had recovered and, and played his senior year. And yeah. if he had not got hurt, he would be so much better, but uh, he was a really good one. Our center would have to be uh, Joe Legendre okay. uh, for sure. Uh, did an awesome job. Uh, loved the play, uh, played hurt, super strong, very smart, good after you. He was kind of one of the, he, he was kind of one of those old linemen you like to chastise because, uh, Hey, Joe, you can't do that. But, he'd get down the bottom of the pile and he, he would grab some stuff and, and poke <laughs> some stuff. And, and, you know, and deep down, deep down, I'm okay with that. But, you know, in public, I can't be okay with that. So, right. yeah, <laughs> you know, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so, you know, I'll bring him in one time, you, you, you cut this out, but you know, I, you, you want a little bit of nasty, you want a little bit of dirty in, in your offensive line. Yes. Uh, let's see. Gosh, gosh. Okay. Right guard. Man, right guard. I, I, you know what? I would have to go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with that one. I'm sorry. There's so there's there's been so many good ones. I, I think I would I would take one of our young guys, uh, guy that just you know hadn't even finished up playing just this uh, this last year, but uh, I would go with uh, Ray Willie. Okay. Uh, he kid, he couldn't block. Uh, he, he would, he would uh, just gut you out, and and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it pretty, but he would, he would get after you. Yeah. Um, and really, really ended up playing left guard for us this year. But I'd move him over to right. Um, and then um, I would take 
our left tackle and move him to right tackle. Um, and as I oh, oh, let's see here. Would have to go with. Um, oh man, I've got I've got two guys that I'm thinking of. Okay. That I I'm trying to debate. Anthony, I'll go with Anthony Fowler. Yeah. I mean, he was a, so his story was he's from Bloomington. We had him at defensive end for two years and really just wasn't getting on the field as much as he should considering his talent. And we just, we came to him and said, Hey, let's move you to offense. And he ended up playing left tackle for us, but his, his first year out the gate, um, he was a, a first team all conference offensive lineman and his senior year, he was lineman of the year in the conference. Oh, wow. I mean, that, that's just how good he was. Uh, and I very put him at tackle too. Uh, and he, he would for structure wise body fit the part of a tackle better than anybody we've ever had. So yeah, I'd have to go, I'd have to go with Anthony Fowler for sure. Okay. Very good. I can, I can appreciate those, those choices. That's a good, that's a good. Group I'm right st- there. Stick to mostly Matt guys, but, uh, and there's been plenty. I mean, it's been 26 years, so right. it's, it's yeah. kind of hard to narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure Joe will appreciate that too. Uh, he'll appreciate the yes. shout out. So, um, yeah. well, Coach, real quick before we get you out of here, do me a favor, yeah. uh, drop your Twitter information for everybody, and uh, anything else you want these guys to know. Absolutely. So the Twitter is Lion, and that's with a Y, L Y O N H B C. We just changed that just recently. It used to Good. be uh, Matt Coach CD, but. Uh, now it's it's got to change now. So yeah, Lion HBC, and then uh, and Twitter, and then I've got an Instagram's the same. That's about it. I don't Facebook or anything else. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. You know, obviously, best of luck to you and and everything upcoming, and and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we get a season, and hopefully you guys have a, a great successful season, and and I'm looking forward to to talking with you down the road more. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate it so much, Tony. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of hog football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our hog football chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome.